0: We're on the road for this episode in the little town of Hopkinton, Massachusetts. That's 26.2 miles from the finish line of the Boston Marathon in Copley Square, Boston. Famous for being the official starting line for the marathon. You are about to meet a woman who owns three businesses here, and she's doing it all with the help of her four sons. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. Have you ever seen the commercial for 1-800-GOT-JUNK? Just to refresh your memory, here it
1: is. When the shiny truck from 1-800-GOT-JUNK arrives at your house, it's a sign of a new beginning. A clean start. A breath of fresh air. When your home feels clean and happy, the people inside are clean and happy, too. Oh. We make junk disappear. All you have to do is point. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK or visit 1-800-GOT-JUNK.com. we will be there before you hang up the phone.
0: Pretty clever, right? I love that line. Just point and it disappears. I could use that. Well, she owns the 1-800-GOT-JUNK franchise that serves Boston, Metro West, and Worcester. But wait, there's more. She's also the owner of Men in Kilts. I love this name and I can't wait to hear more about it. She also owns Made Pro Metro West. And here's something else. All three businesses are certified women-owned enterprises. I'm sitting here in her office to find out how she got to where she is today as the proud owner of these three thriving businesses. Her name is Judy Briggs, and this is her story. Judy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Candy. It's good to be here. Thank you. You got your 1-800-GOT-JUNK sweatshirt on, all full of your franchise colors. Three businesses. How do you do it? You must be exhausted. You look pretty good for somebody
1: with three businesses. Pretty tired some days, <laughs> but it's all about organization and having the right people in the right seats. So I think we've nailed it over the last several years, but I don't sleep. <laughs> Every business, Judy, has a story. What led you to each one? Let's start with 1-800 Got Junk. What a brilliant franchise! Sure, being a homeowner and a consumer myself, I knew 20 years ago what it was like to get rid of trash or junk. And at that time, my ex-husband was considering an entrepreneurship career. So he found an article in the Globe. He read it, gave it to me. He said, "You know, what do you think?" I said, sounds great, not realizing where he was going with it. <laughs> Next thing you know, we were on a plane to Vancouver, and we were interviewing at one 800 got to be a um, franchisee. And after a couple of days, they reviewed our resumes and our backgrounds, and they called to offer us a franchise. Talk to me about men in kilts. When I started with 1-800-GOT-JUNK training, I was in training with another woman who ended up being the COO at one 800 got so, after several years, she ended up leaving the company and was consulting. And she was consulting for a company, Men in Kilts. And she helped them franchise the business back in 2010. And I just came across her during a visit to Vancouver. And I said, The synergy between the clients is so strong. Let's have a chat. And the next thing you know, I was flying to Vancouver again to interview for that and I was awarded a franchise. Tell us about men and kilts. What do you do? So we um, take care of the exterior of people's homes and some of the businesses. We wash windows, we do gutters, we do pressure washing, and we do roof washing. Made Pro Metro West. So in 2019, the Made Pro franchisor ended up buying the United States division of men and kilts. So they took us over. And as part of being in the brand, I thought... There's another synergy right here with people in their houses, they need them cleaned. So I looked into it. And the woman that was running this operation back then, she was actually looking to sell. So I reached out to her and said, I'm interested in buying if you're interested in selling. And next thing you know, four weeks later, I had another franchise. You've used the word synergy a couple of times. First of all, you're taking
0: care of the junk in people's houses, you're taking care of the exterior of their house, and you're cleaning the interior of the house. So all three businesses are connected. And I bet there's a lot
1: of cross-pollination with your clients. You're shaking your head yes, yes. absolutely. I mean, my clients across my three brands, they're the same client, same demographics. So if we do a great job with one business and then we tell them about the others, they're all over it. What is your mission with all three of these companies? We strive for service excellence. We want to provide that exceptional service because in today's day and age, You just don't get it. And people will remember that phone call after the fact to make sure that, you know, you were happy with the service or, you know, with one 800 junk we might be taking up their trash barrel from the end of the driveway. People don't do that. It's the little things that go a long way. So we try to stay focused on the additional service touch points. As you were telling your story about 1-800-GOT-JUNK and getting to know
0: the woman who would then become the COO of the company and having different connections through men in kilts, and it kind of leads me to the question of
1: relationships in business. How important has that been for you? Oh, it's definitely key because in a lot of industries, people move a couple of years at a time and you just never know when you're going to run into them. And they may be in a business that is something more synergistic than what you're already doing. So it's great having those relationships across the U.S. and Canada. You have four sons.
0: And when I arrived here in your offices, you were trying to find a quiet place for us to sit down and record this interview. And you said, we'll just go into my son's office because he's out in the field today. So tell me, what has it been like to have your four sons help you run these businesses?
1: Well, we've been doing one 800 junk for just about 20 years now, and so all four of my boys have been in the business. They've all quit. They've come back. We've fired them. They've come back. It's not easy working with family, but we've learned over the last several years how to work cohesive together. There's a lot of respect, a lot of communication, and we just try to have fun with one another. You know, family
0: owned businesses can be very tricky, like you just said, and I'll share with you that my husband uh, comes from a family where his dad was a plumber, and his parents always used to say what matters most is that we maintain our friendship, our relationship as father and son, or mother
1: and son. How have you managed that? That's really true. And I've always said, you know, we have had some heated arguments along the way, but I've always said that my family relationship, is far more important than a business. And I would have been willing to walk away if we couldn't come to some sort of agreements along the way. Prior to 2003, which is when you purchased your franchise for
0: 1-800-GOT-JUNK, what did you do for a living?
1: I actually started my career in health insurance. Worked my way up through the ranks with some of the large insurance carriers in the state. And then I went to an electric company at some point. So I worked my way up through the ranks. And then all of a sudden came across this opportunity. We learn something though, Judy, from every job we have. What did you learn that has helped you be successful in these ventures? I think the couple of key things is understanding people, the relationships with the employee. I was an employee once and I vowed to never, ever treat an employee the way I was treated in some of the companies along the way. Compassion goes a long way. There's days when some people come into work and they're struggling for whatever reason and you don't always know. If you have a good relationship with them, talking to them, treat them like human beings. Develop a relationship yeah.
0: so that they are loyal to your business, yeah. right? Early on as a female business owner, did you run into people who doubted your ability to make this happen? A lot of your companies
1: are completely male-dominated fields. Exactly when I started 1-800-GOT-JUNK, I would sometimes go to the dump with a skirt and heels on. I would have my safety vest and safety helmet on. But you have to do what you have to do. And people would look at me. And I knew that, you know, being in a male-dominating industry, people, they would ask for favors. And, you know, it's just inappropriate things. Did
0: they treat you differently?
1: Uh, oh, yeah. Like, this is a, a woman. She can't do this. And then, you know, like being at the dump with the skirt, they realized after a short time that This woman is the real deal. And all of a sudden it was like, hey, how you doing? And now, you know, when I go, they get excited to see me because they haven't (laughs) seen me in a while. That woman
0: over there with the skirt and the heels, she knows how to run a good business. Tell us about your certification as a certified women business enterprise. What does it entail? And
1: why has that been so important to you in your success story? It's interesting. I didn't even apply for that until I was in business at least seven years because I never saw myself as a minority but lo and behold, I am. So I went through the process. It was a lot of paperwork. You know, the state had to come out and do a site visit to approve and stuff like that. But it opened some doors with the state and some federal government projects, which helps the bottom line. I believe that our childhood and our family values are what
0: shape us. So I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about where you grew up
1: and what life was like in your house. Well, I grew up in a single-parent household. My mother worked at Quincy Hospital, which is no longer there, and she didn't make a lot of money. What did she do? She worked in the cafeteria, and then she also worked in transportation, moving people around from room to room, but she didn't have a lot of money. Um, she did the best that she could. I actually started working when I was probably eight years old. My cousin had a business in Quincy, and I would help him, like on weekends, you know, doing inventory kind of stuff, nothing customer-facing. And I just realized that I was helping my mom and I was helping myself out because you know, if there was something that I wanted and I knew my mother couldn't afford it, I needed to get the money somehow. So I started working at a very early age. And when I was younger, I hate to say this, but I was bullied. And so when I got older, I guess it was kind of like a, see, I can do things. I can do anything I want to do. And if you can't tell me I can't do it, I'm gonna do it 10 times better than you even thought I could. Why were you bullied? I was a little on the heavy side when I was younger, and my whole the whole neighborhood they used to tease me relentless, and you know it hurt. It hurt. So I, you know, I grew up, but it was always in the back of my mind. And you know, when somebody would say you can't do it, I'm gonna try it, and I'm gonna prove you wrong. Like even running the Boston Marathon for the first time in 2004, people are like you're not a runner. I'm like I know, but you know, it's a mental game. Like I can train a little bit, one step at a time, one mile at a time. Tell me a little bit about the values that
0: your mother instilled in you are you an only child i am me too that's interesting everything's your fault (laughs) yeah pretty much pretty much What about the values
1: in your house hard work was one of them for sure yeah my mother you know she really worked hard and i saw that at a very early age but you know don't ever compromise your morals or your integrity always tell the truth and work hard who were your role models when you were growing up besides my mother yeah um oh interesting i did have a teacher in sixth grade miss jensen and for a few years before i got into sixth grade i just used to remember kids saying she was really mean and she was the worst teacher ever and so in sixth grade i was fortunate enough to get her as a teacher and she was the sweetest sweetest woman and basically like i wouldn't say i was her gopher but if she needed something in the office judy can you do this for me and I got special treatment. She was just a very sweet woman, and she just, you know, didn't deserve what the kids were saying about her. You it. know,
0: it's so interesting. I'm going to guess that the reason why the students thought she was mean was because she had high expectations for every student.
1: Probably. Did you go to college, and did you know what I you did. wanted to do with your life? Well, when I graduated from high school, I thought I wanted to be an accountant, and I did get my associate's degree in accounting, and then I went on to get my bachelor's, but I got it in business administration. And then- Once my kids were, they were young, I wanted them to appreciate the value of an education. So I went back to school, even for my uh, bachelor's, but my bachelor's and my master's, and we did homework together, because I wanted them to see the importance of what an education will get them once they get into the real world. I'm going to guess your mom didn't go to college, and so you were the first generation of college, and then you got your master's. I did. How did that feel? It was a very proud moment. I just wish that my mother was around when I got my master's degree, but she was alive when I got my bachelor's. We've talked a little bit about the fact that you've got four sons and they've helped you run this business. How did motherhood change you? Well, um, I grew up pretty quickly. I was 21 years old when I got pregnant for the first time. And not only did I have one baby, I had two at 21 years old, twins. It was a lot of work lot of organization. (laughs) You know, you got to go with the flow. You can't get stressed out over things. And, you know, I guess it shaped me to where I am today. Interesting. So many things between the two of us that we have in common. First of all,
0: we're only children. Second of all, I had my son when I was 21 years old, and I was still in college when I got pregnant. And I was so envious of my friends. Because they were going out for last call, and they were going to get their masters, and I have this baby, and I have no idea what I'm
1: doing. Did you run into any of that? I did. You know, all my friends—they were—it was probably ten years after high school graduation, maybe twelve years after when they started getting married and stuff. But I always said that I wanted to have my kids early because you know my mom was a little bit older when she had me, and so she was very limited with what she could do. So I didn't expect to have them at 21. But I have no regrets. I mean, we have a great relationship, the kids and I. And now I'm enjoying the things that I could have been enjoying at 22. And I appreciate it a lot more now because of the age.
0: Looking back
1: on your career as an
0: entrepreneur, what do you wish you knew when you first got started? Maybe
1: a lesson that was hard to learn. Don't sweat the small stuff. And I still sweat the small stuff. Most business owners go through spurts. I generally don't sleep at night (laughs) because my brain is always going. Six burners going all the Mm -hmm. time, that's right. What are the keys, do you think, of being a successful entrepreneur? Having the drive, having the passion. Um, And I always say, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I mean, for me, there are days when it's like, I would rather be at the beach or I would rather be on the golf course right now. But when I get in here, um, I was actually at a job site with one of my employees the other day that we need to get done by next week. And I was so jazzed to be there with this young lady for the whole day. And I'm like, I can't wait to go back out tomorrow. There's just always something new every day that you're learning.
0: Any words of wisdom for an entrepreneur who might be listening to you and I having this conversation today, and she wants to start her own business like you,
1: what would you say to her? Well, I used to go to some of the colleges around and do like a guest speaker thing. And one of the things that I would always tell them is don't let anyone tell you you can't do something. If you Love what you're doing. If you're passionate, do it. What's the worst that could happen? You fail, at least you tried. But if you have the gumption and the drive uh, and the support from your circle, you'll be very successful. You are a big supporter of the Genesis Fund. Tell us why and and all about it. In 2007, I actually uh, met one of the board members through a business organization that we both belong to. And he brought me to an event. And I met this little girl, Bella but I fell in love with the organization. I fell in love with the mission, the patients, the families, and I've been hooked ever since. And so in 2012, I became a board member myself. And I was the first female chair of the organization after Mari passed away. And I'm still on the board now, but I just absolutely love the Genesis Foundation. Well, for those
0: of you who are listening, it is the Genesis Foundation more than medical care. So we're asking you to please support this great cause just like Judy Briggs does. Next three questions that I'm about to ask you, we ask everyone who sits where you are. Number one, when an
1: obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? Looking at the facts and figuring out what the situation is, because there may be so many different opportunities to get through that, you know, whether it's a connection in business, or whether it's, you know, banking, or whatever the case is, there's always a way to get something done. And sometimes an obstacle is really disguised as an opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Some people say, have you ever failed? No, it's not a failure, it's a learning opportunity. So anything like that, you learn from it. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? And this can be personal or professional. Can you pass that along to our listeners? Yes. It's funny. I went to a networking event at Jillian's in Worcester several years ago, and I met this man who was working for the San Jose Sharks. And he said, whenever I go to these events, I do not give out my business card or I say, sorry, I just gave out my last one or I completely forgot to bring them because you will end up on everybody's mailing list. If you meet the people, then you can say, give me your business card. Then that way you won't get the spam because as your business grows, you get so much email and spam mail that it's hard to keep up with. So that's a way to create a personal connection, right?
0: Right now in this chapter in your life, what does success
1: mean to you? And is it the same definition you would have given me 20 or 30 years ago? Undoubtedly, it is the same. My goal way back when was to be able to provide a better life for my kids, a job, help them grow. And it's not just hiring the employees and helping them better their lives. I might have 40-something employees. I have 40-something families who rely on me running a successful business. And I love, at the end of the day, when everybody comes home safely and they're happy and they're getting their paychecks, it's great. It's like my extended family. Is that what success means to you? You could say that, yeah, yeah. With a little bit of golf mixed in there.
0: I wanna say thank you so very much for having me here to your offices today, Judy Briggs. Thank you. And that's the story behind her success for this week. My thanks to Judy Briggs, franchise owner of three incredible businesses. 1-800-GOT-JUNK, Men in Kilts, and Made Pro Metro West. So if you need to get rid of your junk or clean the exterior of your house or the inside of your house, Judy is your girl. Find out more about her. 1-800-GOT-JUNK.com I'm always on the lookout for the next woman to profile. So if you know someone I should feature on the show, will you please let me know? I really do read your emails. And many of the women that listeners have pitched for the show have been inspiring additions to this series. So thank you very much. Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. That's candy with a Y. O T E R R Y dot com. I'll have a new inspiring story for you next week. And remember, when we lift each other up, we all rise. What's your story? I can't wait to hear it.